You know, Ivan worked for me for a while. You realize that. Ivan sometimes was supposed to go do things, and he didn't do them. And I'm sure you can tell by my voice, I'm a very authoritative person. I don't mince words. I, you know, I say, Ivan, you know, just do it, okay? Stop messing around. When this thing goes to court and trial, I have one shot and one opportunity to be not guilty, or I go to prison in death row. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the reality of it. We have busted alibis. We have caught people in lies. This is just insane because everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. You just don't hear every day walking in somebody's house, they're going to take the plastic out and pop somebody. So he could get the execution date pretty much any day? Yeah. There's no impediment. This is Cousins by Blood. Episode 25, Gambino. By this point in the investigation, I had made some discoveries that I never saw coming. And while some pieces of evidence are most certainly exculpatory like the erroneous identification claim on the thumbprint that points the blame away from Ivan. Other new information brings the guilt right back to Ivan's doorstep, namely Gambino. took about a year or so, but I found the connection to the murder weapon. Oh, boy. And when I started this case, I told Ivan's wife, Tammy, I was going to get to the truth, whether that may be good or bad for Ivan. And this new information has Tammy understandably anxious. Said that Aubrey was running an escort service out of that Cobbler Lane house. Oh, dear. Where are you going? Where? With the escort service. With Ivan and Amy. Gambino was apparently a part of this escort service syndicate. You heard about in episode 17. This was Ivan's friend telling me about it. So evidently some people that Amy knew through an escort service... She was setting him up to meet with, like, some syndicate. He used the term syndicate. And he was going to go meet with some syndicate people in Houston about running escort services in Dallas. I believe Ivan's friend was misremembering the city. To my knowledge, there were no Houston connections. Ivan was likely talking about Austin. That's where Gambino was. Ivan told me that Gambino was interested in getting an escort service going in Dallas. Gambino had a connection with his realtor lady who had half-million-dollar homes that they could rent and run the service out of. Ivan said it was really this other guy's deal, but they were talking about helping secure the location. Nothing ever came of this escort service venture, but pieces of this puzzle are coming together. An escort service, Ivan and Amy... Gambino, the murder weapon. I mean, I used to go to meet him in Austin. He always hung out with this guy, and it was kind of... I felt like he was in the mob. 
That was another former girlfriend of Ivan's. She met Gambino and paints an interesting picture. And he dated this girl. This is crazy shit. He dated this girl that would only eat peaches. That's all she would eat. And they were just a weird couple. He was much older. She was probably my age at the time. We'd go to dinner with him. And then the guy told me that I was getting in the way of his relationship with Ivan. I don't ever know what that meant, but he felt like I was coming between them. Um, I never knew about anything that they were doing. I still to this day have no idea. I honestly felt like Ivan was, even at the time, I felt like he was out of his league with this guy. He almost reminded me like a Tony Soprano type of guy. Back to my call with Tammy and giving her the news. Because I heard about well, escort service. But she left Aubrey in 97. Okay. Basically, she said there was tons of girls coming in and out of there. That's what made me kind of think about Amy because people had said that they thought she was an escort. Right. Um, and then I say, you know, well, did you know any of the girls' names? And she didn't know any names. He said the only name that was around that she knew was a guy who would call himself Gambino. (laughs) So I had her describe this Gambino, and basically when I was talking to the other people in the mortgage business, it was this guy, Bob, that would call himself Gambino. Yeah. Ryan used to work for him. Right. I called Sylvia last night because I knew, I asked her if she had met Bob. You'll remember last episode, wife number five described Gambino as... I don't mean like fat. I mean like big, like he was wide. He was just a big guy. You know what I mean? Like kind of football player big. Blondish red hair very rosy kind of red complexion you know his skin was very white so his face was always kind of red and so i asked sylvia how would you describe bob to the best of your memory he was kind of burly maybe about 510 but he was taller than ivan and he had uh, reddish blonde hair he had a receding hairline probably weighed over 200 pounds maybe 250. did he have kind of very fair skin, almost mm-hmm. red skin. Mm-hmm. And so this wife of Aubrey Gordon Patton, she described him as football player big. Mm-hmm. Could have been like a, a linebacker. That's how she described him. That oh is my the guy. I was connected to that guy. And there's a direct line to him. Right. Still doesn't explain all the other stuff. No. It doesn't explain, like, if he did it to drive back to Dallas with the murder weapon, that doesn't make any sense, and all the other if stuff. If you threw everything else away, you know, why Why would you keep that, you know? You threw clothes away, the shoes away, the everything else away, why would you keep that? Uh, that did, did I? The late 90s? Gambino's connection to Aubrey? Yeah. That would have been in 97. 
Okay, so if Ivan would have had that murder weapon that whole time, somebody would have seen it. Somebody would have seen him with it. As much as he was moving around and moving, living with different people, somebody would have seen him with it, other than Betcher and Jeff. Did Ivan ever tell you about this guy? Well, he told me that he worked for Rob. We didn't go into any details or anything. It's, everything you're telling me is all all brand new. Now it's just so. Did was Gambi, Did Gambino know Amy or Ivan knew Amy? I don't know. Why would this Gambino? Um, what would his beef be with James? Why would he have set up Ivan for that? I don't know. Well, you got your work cut out for you. So what happens now? Well, I'm going to talk to Ivan, and i got to call with him at, like, 1130. We'll see what he has to say. Yeah. My call with Ivan was precarious. Once I told him that Gambino was the connection to the murder weapon, was this going to be the gotcha moment? Would Ivan come clean with me? Or was there some other explanation? I'm not able to broadcast that conversation with Ivan. But when I told him that Aubrey's fifth wife brought up that Gambino name, Ivan took an extended pause and he just said, okay. Then I asked him to describe Gambino. Ivan described him as balding with light hair, which matched up. But Ivan put him at about 5'6", five, 5'7", five, with a belly. When I told him how Aubrey's wife described Gambino, Ivan said he definitely wasn't football player big, though I guess that could be subjective. Although there was a discrepancy on the size, I still figured this had to be the same guy. What are the chances there was another Gambino, balding, with reddish hair, with a connection to escort services. However, there was no gotcha moment with Ivan. He was noticeably taken aback though. But it's hard to say, was that because he knew I was one step away from putting the gun in his hands? Or he legitimately never saw Gambino's name coming up in this deal? Ivan told me he couldn't think of any motive that Gambino would have had to kill James or to set him up for the murder. But since it seemed Gambino was going to be a main player in this story now, I wanted to know everything Ivan could tell me and his history with him. So Ivan wrote me this in a letter. In early 1998, Lloyd created Southwestern Mortgage Incorporated. Shortly after its creation, I met a man named Bob one day, while in the office, Lloyd was kind enough to make the introduction. At some point in time, I asked Lloyd how he knew Bob, and he responded with, Oh, I've known Bob for years, and at certain times, we have been partners on deals. Through my employment with Southwestern Mortgage, we would occasionally socialize. We would visit different restaurants throughout the city, either for lunch or dinner, depending on the occasion and the amount of people that would be joining us. Although that socializing tenure didn't last very long. 
Sometime during the fall of 1998, I exited Southwestern Mortgage to start my own company called Conquer Mortgage. After that transition, we no longer socialized, but periodically stayed in touch through phone calls. Shortly before February 1999, I decided to close Conquer Mortgage and join the United States Navy. Unfortunately, for several reasons, I wasn't pleased with the Navy, and on March 28, 1999, I left the Navy without authorization. While I attempted to exit the Navy through legal channels, finding employment was very tough due to being AWOL. However, Lloyd and Bob had created a new mortgage company in Austin called Greater Texas Mortgage. Seeing that I was in a tough spot, they offered me a position with the company. It was during this time that Bob and I started working together in the Austin office. My employment with Greater Texas Mortgage only lasted a few months due to properly completing my exit with the Navy. On July 12, 1999, I returned to the Navy base, which was located in Great Lakes, Illinois. After completing the separation process, I was officially discharged from the Navy. I returned to Frisco, Texas, and after having a few different jobs, I ended up at Countrywide Home Loans. During this time, Amy Betcher and I would occasionally socialize with Bob. Sometimes we would go to different high-end restaurants, regular restaurants, or just hang out at either of our homes. Periodically, Bob and I would stay in touch by phone through the fall of 2000, basically just catching up with one another or discussing the mortgage business. Up until my arrest in November 2000, Bob was still associated with Greater Texas Mortgage. After my arrest on November 8, 2000, I have had zero contact with Bob. I haven't seen or heard from him since the fall of 2000. I reminded Ivan, I had talked to Bob, aka Gambino, back in 2019, when I was first starting out on this case. I never really thought anything about this conversation. Never thought Gambino's name would even come up on this podcast. But now that this investigation has led me here, this conversation becomes fascinating on a lot of levels. You ever hang out with Ivan when he was with that Amy girl? Not really. Uh, I, I think I met her one time. Ivan worked for myself and one, still one of my best friends named Lloyd. Okay. And I, know, I know you spoke to Lloyd because he told me. Yep. You might be calling me. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, you know, the strange thing about the whole thing, and I'm sure Lloyd told you the same thing, Ivan was not, you know, an aggressive person at all. And what did you think when you heard the news, I guess? I, I talked to Lloyd about it, and, you know, and we were both shocked. Said, no way. Somebody's, you know. Ivan walk, would walk away from a fight. How uh, recently before the murders do you feel like that you saw Ivan last? Was it a couple months before the murders, a couple weeks? Or uh, a probably, time? yeah. Probably, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I would say at least a month, maybe longer. And did you ever know Ivan to own or even just have a gun? Not that I know of. I asked everyone that question, and everyone said no, except for Amy Betcher. So I didn't think much about Gambino's response initially. But knowing what we know now, this long pause is pretty interesting. 
Okay. And he, he never he never talked about a gun or anything to your knowledge? No. Not to my okay. knowledge. Now listening back at his response, it does sound like he may have more knowledge of the subject than he was telling me. But when I talked to him back in 2019, I had no reason to not take his information at face value. So I moved on. When you saw them last, had they already talked about, or do you recall anything about them talking about being engaged? Like I told you, he, I don't think she liked me. You know, because Ivan sometimes was supposed to go do things, and he didn't do them. You, and I'm sure you could tell by my voice and stuff, I'm, I'm a, a very authoritative person. I don't mince words. I, you know, I say, I mean, you know, just do it, okay? Stop messing around. Which I'm sure she probably heard me on the phone, too. It came out that, because did you use the last name sometimes Gambino? Or is that your uh, uh, is that I, family name? It's, it's part of my family and my mother. Because she brings out in court that she was just really scared of Ivan because she thought, you know, he had all these mob connections and stuff. And that's what kind of, I guess, leads the court or the jury to believe that she was so scared of Ivan. Do you think that she could have taken that from finding out that your last name is Gambino? I'm just trying to figure out where all this, did, did Ivan go around telling people that he was mobbed up or where, she, where could she oh. have gotten this from? I, I don't know. People, if you, I'm sure if you ask Lloyd and you hear my voice, everybody said I, and the way I look, I should have been, I should have played the Godfather, okay? Everybody joked about it because I could speak like this. Hey, are you there? But it was, it was nothing ever, you know, done serious. Could she have been that dense to not know that it was joking around, or could she have actually believed somehow that Ivan, maybe through his, you know, knowing you, that had these mob connections? Because that's what she she said um, so much at trial. Uh, or is that just a put on? That's just a put on. She was she was very demanding to Ivan. Oh, really? I, I didn't, you know, I, like I told you, she didn't, I, she and I don't, we didn't get along. I mean, when I say that, I don't, no words are ever minced or I never said anything, but you know, you can tell when somebody just warms up to you and somebody doesn't. But Lloyd just told me something that was kind of, something about pants. The jeans? Yeah, the jeans. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing, or one of the big things. They were too big for Ivan. Like, uh, the jeans that were found in the trash can with, they said, the victim James, his cousin's blood. Ivan, was he, would you consider him a pretty, you know, small guy, small frame? A strong wind would have blown Ivan away. He was a very small person. I think Lloyd told me the size of the jeans. And he laughed. It's like I said, it's not a laughing matter. But he said... I even could have fit in one leg of those jeans. Boy and I talked about the case many times, and it just didn't seem like Ivan. 
just didn't seem possible that he would do this. If Gambino did give the murder weapon to Ivan, he would just be toying with me and covering for Ivan. It's just so intriguing listening back to this conversation, trying to get a tell that he does know more than he's admitting to. Also, it's interesting what he has to say about Amy. Right. So, you know, for somebody that turns on him like that, you know, that's kind of scary, isn't it, in a way? That's the weird thing, too, is uh, if if she made this up, why would she make this up? I didn't read anything about it. What did she say? That she saw him do this? She said, well, night before, he had a gun and he shot it at the wall in their apartment. And then the third at 11.30, and she said that before he leaves, he's holding the gun and says, I'm going to go kill James and Amy. And he comes back about 12.15, a little after midnight, and said, you know, I did it. She said he was covered in blood. He for some reason was wearing James's shirt and James's shoes, but he was wearing his jeans and his socks, and so he takes his jeans and his socks that were bloody, puts them in the trash can. So those are the those are found three days later. And then she goes back to Arkansas and starts telling everybody I haven't did it. Well, did anybody go to the apartment and pull the bullet out of the ceiling? Tom certainly said they did and they said that it matches the murder weapon. But I would, I've gotta, I gotta find a ballistic person to look at that because something tells me it might not. That's a big key in your case. Because if that bullet didn't ballistic, then she's nothing but a liar. Gambino said he was in the car while we were talking, but I'm not sure what all that beeping is about. And why would you go take somebody that just killed what? How many people did Ivan kill? She said, well, two two people were murdered, the uh, the cousin and oh. uh, his cousin and the fiance. Oh, I didn't know the two people died. Anyway, I knew one died, but... If that murder weapon tracks back to him, you would think he would know more about what went down. Or is this all an act? So why would you go party and then go take this man to your family in Arkansas for three days who's just committed an atrocity. But she's scared of the mafia. That's what she said. That, you know what? She needs to go on, uh, she needs to go on a comedy show. Uh, ludicrous. If I think of something, I'll be glad to call you. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for Ivan. This is the first time, like I said, Lloyd and I talk very minuscule about the case but you've told me more about the case and it only makes me you know really want to laugh i wish i wish i could find a woman like that i mean you know send her in to rob banks oh let me ask you a question did anybody ever think of the possibilities that she helped ivan does gambino know she did I mean, that's certainly the the possibility. Let me say something. Uh, If I'm, you know, and I'm not trying to, I've just been, you know, like I said, who I was around a lot in my life. Gambino let me know he has friends who are judges 
and high-powered attorneys. I'm sure if, if, if he was doing that case, he would have asked the prosecutor, what kind of deal did you make her? That was the one thing that the um, public defenders tried to hit on, is they must have cut a deal. And why isn't she an accessory, at least, if she was right. over there? With the bodies. With the bodies and looking for drugs and drug money, she said. Why, at least, would she not be an accessory? And why she wasn't an accessory is because they needed her testimony. Right, exactly. And number one, why didn't she just run away and go call the police? Well, that's, yeah. you know, I'll tell you what, I made a joke about a woman like that. I, I wouldn't like to be married once. If she found you cheating, you know, she might be like Lorena Bobbitt. She is cold-blooded. I, like I said, I, I never knew the lady. You know, I, I think I met her once, maybe twice, and, and please forgive my, you know, it's been a long time. But that is a cold-blooded woman. Well, if I think of something, I'll call you. I have no problems. Okay, I'm sorry for Ivan. I really am. I'll let him know. Thank you. Bye-bye. So... Was Gambino playing me? And now was Ivan playing me? Did Gambino give Ivan Aubrey Gordon Patton's gun? Did Ivan pull the trigger? And now are they both playing dumb? Was it as simple as that? Well, according to Mr. Ludus, the fingerprint expert, it wasn't Ivan's print on the murder weapon. So... Perhaps it isn't quite that simple. And I couldn't ask Amy Betcher about this Gambino connection. She died earlier this year. But I could ask Kramer more about it. Because you'll remember someone named Anthony left a message for Amy on Kramer's answering machine sometime after the murders. But you see, Kramer turned that answering machine tape over to the police because he thought it was important. Through open records, I have requested a copy of that tape, but have yet to hear back from Dallas PD. And because there were two Anthonys connected to this case, Anthony of Carlos and Anthony, and Anthony Gambino, I wanted to see if Kramer remembered the voice. Remember how you said that there was a guy named Anthony that left the voicemail? Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Remember how you said that there was a guy named Anthony that left the voicemail? Yeah. Well, um, I think I've got it narrowed down to two Anthonys, and I've talked to both of them. Uh, Do you have a second? Sure. 
I'd like to play their voice for you here. I'll just put it on speaker because I got it all queued up for you. Hold on. So I was originally thinking it, it might have been this guy. And, you know, and I, I guess his way. And, and he, you know, I've been working the mortgage office, too, for a little while. Right. Um, he worked there for a little bit. James told me he could come on over there. And so, yeah, that's one Anthony. Now there's this other guy right here I'll play for you. I'm sure if you ask Lloyd, you hear my voice. Everybody said I should. And the way I look, I should have been. I should have played the Godfather. Okay. Did either of those? No, neither one of them rang a bell. It's just been so long ago that, you know, and it was a very short message on a tape. Yeah. What was that again? It was just something to the effect of, "Amy, honey, this is this. I'm trying my best now. Amy, honey, this is this is Anthony. Just wanted to let you know. I think you're a sweetie. You ever need anything? Call me. Something to that effect." Yeah. Hmm. I think in an, another conversation, you said that for some reason, Amy thought that that was Anthony Gambino. Yeah, so, because she, apparently she had something to do with Ant within Gambino or who she thought is Gambino. But did she say anything else about Gambino? No, not, not to speak of. I sent the same Gambino audio to wife number five, and she just texted back, that's him. There's one other seemingly major link to Gambino. You'll remember midway through last season, Ivan and I were combing through his old cell phone records, trying to determine the date that his friend would have seen Amy wearing an engagement ring. Well, we couldn't pin down that date, but going back through those old cell phone records is when Ivan said he made the discovery that phone calls were made from his cell phone to Ivan and Amy's apartment phone while he and Amy were traveling to Arkansas, indicating that one of them was talking to someone inside their apartment. Well, we made another very interesting discovery within those cell phone records. On November 4th, the day the bodies were found, the main day in question, there were three calls made to Gambino after four in the morning. At 4.26 a.m., a one-minute call. Then at 4.28 a.m., another one-minute call. And at 4.29 a.m., a two-minute call. Like the phone calls from Ivan's cell phone to the apartment phone, Ivan said he never made these calls. So Ivan said, Amy must have called Gambino. According to Ivan and Amy's timelines, they were at the house party after Club 7, around this time in the morning, where they met the party DJ and Amy was showing off the ring. So what's up with these phone calls to Gambino? In 2000, Gambino was around 60 years old. Random calls to him around 4 in the morning just doesn't make sense. There had to be a reason for those calls. And given that Gambino was the likely link to the gun, and the calls were within hours of the murders, that reason seems ominous. And I know, Ivan may be lying to me, 
saying Amy was the one that made those calls when he was really the one in contact with Gambino. I realize that. But it does seem like Gambino and Amy had been in some kind of communication. If Gambino was calling her in Arkansas, checking up on her, was Gambino trying to keep her quiet from talking to the police about Ivan? Or was he checking in after she planted the gun to frame Ivan? What was Amy's connection to Gambino? Now armed with all this new information that I didn't have during my 2019 interview, I needed to go back to Gambino with a second round of questioning. But while I was 99% certain I had the right Gambino, I wanted to be 100% before I tried to pin him down on this murder weapon connection. And the only way to be absolutely positive was to get a picture of Gambino and show Aubrey's fifth wife so she could make a visual ID. However, Bob, a.k.a. Gambino, was now 80 years old. He wasn't on social media, and there were no available photos anywhere online. And in the state of Texas, only law enforcement can pull driver's license photos. As a private investigator, I'm not permitted. So at this point in the investigation, I was still working on obtaining a photo. So Gambino's second interview will be coming later this season. The picture of this case, however, was starting to come into focus. But there's a major piece of the puzzle that we need more clarity on. She asked if I knew this Frank guy, and I said, no, I don't. She says, well, he's been here a couple of weeks, and he's staying over here. And he comes into the house, uh, after the police let everybody in that Saturday night, and he's getting his rent checks, and he's telling Gladys that he'll deposit these for the, for the business that he's taking over James's business. When Gladys heard him say that, she doesn't know him from, from anything. She says, who in the hell are you? And then she told him, you get the fuck out of here. Get out. She threw him out of the house. It's time to shine a light on the person who is physically closest to James and Amy Kitchen. The mysterious man living under their roof who just happened to be out of town the night of the murders. The investigation of Frank Perez. Next time on Cousins by Blood. To find out more about the case and to see pictures, check out the website at CousinsByBloodPodcast.com and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have any information about this case, you can email me at CousinsByBloodPodcast at gmail.com. Mixing and Mastering by Jody Abbott. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. Stay tuned.